Hey everyone, welcome back to my Placadian universe. So I want to talk about little black girls um, and how they should be protected. As a little black girl myself, um, I know what it's like to feel like the world doesn't see you as precious. And I thank God that I was given a strong family unit who protected me and showed me the error of the world. Um, but I want to talk about the little the little black girls that don't have that protection and why they so sorely need it. So I'll start by telling a story. So when my daughter was a little younger, um, I remember just uh, one of my coworkers just asking, like, you know, how old she was. And, you know, I forgot, like, she was, you know, little, like a little one, um, like, like a toddler. And she's like, oh, I thought she was older. And I was like, huh? So, <laughs> and I, you know, I obviously like to check myself because, um, I assume everyone's racist, but it didn't sit right with me. And I was like, I immediately dislike you. Don't talk about my kid. But what it meant was because for me, I saw racism in that statement because there is this tendency to um, see, not see black children as children, you know, I'm, you know, I fiercely protective, obviously, um, of my kids in general, but generally when it comes to racism as well. And so when someone's trying to put that shit on my, <laughs> on that lens of, you know, being like, oh, and you know, like, why couldn't you see them as a child, you know, like trying to, you know, age up my kid? No, I, I took that as offense. And I stand by it. You know, I like anxiously probed my feelings for it. And I was like, you know what? There's something inherently weird about that statement. And I stand by that. So that's sort of <laughs> why when I, I say this, it's because there is this history. It's um, in it's an inheritance from uh, you know the enslavement of black people um, for black children not being seen as children. You know you see people all the time. You know murdering children. You know like Trayvon Martin and just people being like, oh, like you know he was wearing like a hoodie. It's clearly a boy, a child. Um, you know. 
um, people calling the cops on, you know, black kids because they think that these infant children are like gangs. You know, there's this blinders, these blinders that, you know, racist white people have where they can work themselves up into some sort of frenzy to think that they're endangered from children. And, um, you know, people in, in Canada here, people calling the cops on, you know, a uh, tantruming toddler, you know, um, uh, like, I think it was like a, a kid, a junior kindergarten, I think the child's like maybe four or five. And like the um, teacher called the cops on this kid who was just, you know, being a four year old and having a tantrum and you know um luckily the police were like uh ma'am do your damn job <laughs> like, uh yeah we're not we're not policing babies thank goodness you know they had some sense but um yeah like this is the reaction like that would never happen to a white child like stop being like oh well maybe that would never happen to a white child. So, you know, putting age on these children is not cool with me, doesn't sit right. Uh, so this idea of protecting children is a very important one to me because I feel like the the reality is that the legacy of slavery does not exist only within white people. The negative consequence of that part of our history is that anti-blackness has been internalized. And so sometimes, you know, I'm on social media and I'll see you know, videos of, you know, uh, people being just overly harsh to uh, black children, particularly little black girls. And it breaks my heart because there's, there's a... There's a lesson there about devaluing them that goes beyond, uh, you know, goes beyond discipline. And so I was thinking of there's this video of a father, you know, like, I think he sort of like kicked his child for you know dancing in basically just a baby dance but I'm guessing he thought it was inappropriate and again it's just that idea of not seeing a baby as a baby and I I can't help but think of you know the legacy of slavery of seeing you know black children um black girls as older than they are and you know not having that opportunity to really just be 
kids and just being carefree and not having to worry about how the world sees you. And I think that's really one of the most unfair things about being a a black girl is just that you have to be so conscious of how you're being perceived and it's spectacularly spectacularly unfair and it's um our duty as grown-ups as adults to um shield our children from that perception but also to change that perception you know let's make the world a better place than you know how we we found it so for me growing up I loved being a kid (laughs) I feel like it was um you know I think a lot of kids wanted to be older than they were, you know, I talk about growing up in a predominantly white neighborhood. And I think, you know, I remember as preteens, you know, my peers and my friends wanted to be all teenagery and, you know, not wanting to wait for um, growing up. And, you know, I just wasn't that kid. I feel like it was sort of my rebellion to just be kid like. (laughs) Not that I was, I wonder, I just, it felt so natural for me to um, just, you know, I was also a very headstrong kind of kid, if you can imagine. But, uh, you know, I liked what I liked, and I liked it. It was just, you know, deal with it. Um, (laughs) I had that, you know, that undeserved confidence of just, uh, you know, a kid that, uh, I wouldn't say undeserved. It was just I was very secure, uh, well-loved kid, thank God. So I just um, uh, had that, you know, ability. And so I think I I liked, um, you know, I had no desire to be like, oh, teenagery stuff. And I remember one of my friends was just saying... <laughs> I always think of it. They'd be like, yeah, your parents must be just such, I remember she was just saying, you know, your parents must be just so happy that you're their kid. You're like, you probably, they're just like, so like, they sleep well every night, just <laughs> knowing that you're their kid. And I was like, are you calling me boring? And she was like, no, it's just that, you know, like, I was just like, you know, I was that person who was like, oh, you better wrap this up, guys. I need to be in bed, like, school tomorrow. I was, you know, that kid. So she was like, your, your parents must just be so happy. <laughs> and I was like, what? Anyway. Uh, but yeah, I was just, you know, it was, I think it was my form of rebellion of just being a kid. Like, there was... um no question like I wasn't like a makeup kid like trying to be mature I was just like yeah I'm just gonna that's my face (laughs) so um I just uh yeah I just I think I was just um 
just that kid, but I think it was a form of rebellion because I did, I was aware of, you know, these were white girls and I knew that um, the rules didn't apply to me that, you know, um, someone would like, you know, say that I was like a, a full woman, you know, in my childlike state and, you know, I had to be very aware of that and um, I rebelled by very much being <laughs> a very, uh, very obvious kid, I guess. I just, I think that's um, one of the things. And I, it just, it's so funny that I'm saying this because as I'm saying it out loud, I'm just thinking if it wasn't, uh, you know, it was subconscious for sure. But as I'm thinking about it now, I'm wondering if it was not a form of rebellion because um, I wanted to prove them wrong. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm just sort of thinking it through now that it's just funny that I had such a, a strange... Um, or not strange, just a different than my peers, different desire of, you know, wanting to, to seem so grown up. But I, I think uh, it, there, there must have been just that, that knowledge of, you know, the rules don't apply to me as a black girl. And um, having that, that uh the the protection of of childhood and just sort of staying there in that um in that stage uh of life was was important to sort of for me relish every moment of it and sort of um yeah i just i feel like you know it was just an important important part for me so i think that one of the things that really upsets me about uh, this perception of black girls is because it it's so deeply rooted in anti-blackness and there's uh, that video there's a, also a viral video of a little you know white girl and a little black girl standing in a, a, a crowded square and you know, instantly when the white girl is there, a bunch of people approach her and ask her if she's okay. The black girl standing there, it's like she's invisible. And people will argue and argue and argue, again, to make themselves feel better that it's not about race. And it is entirely, as a little black girl, I can tell you that it is 100% about race. you don't want to accept it. People were saying, oh, well, that girl seemed older, racism. And, you know, like they, they said, they made it seem like there was a friggin', you know, 35-year-old girl standing there by herself. It was a child. They were both children. And people want to rationalize it and make it seem okay. And it, well, I'm going to say that again. It was a 100% about race a hundred percent about race and it just shows how unprotected we are how devalued we are that you know people 
it's not even on their radar that this little girl would need help, would need assistance, would need protection the way they would protect a white child. And that's what I mean when I say that we have to change that perception. We can't make excuses for ourselves. We need to understand that we need to protect all children, protect all children. And here in Canada, um, one of the things that is very near and dear to my heart is the, um, the uh, protection of indigenous children, um, the uh, cases of indigenous women and girls that go missing in Canada each year is alarming. And what's even more alarming is the invisibility of it and when i you know we talk about how if the if a white if a white girl or you know women were missing at these rates it would be unimaginable and it's entirely about racism that this is allowed to persist almost silently and we need to address our racism we need to address our biases we need to eradicate and confront them and not be silent about it because people are tired of hearing about trauma um, because it you know bursts their little protection bubble of racist white privilege that they live in. We can't be silent on these issues because we need to protect these girls. We need to protect these children. We need to protect human lives. And I, I think that the reality of that is so difficult for people to grasp that um, there's this one of the things that I find so frustrating about when talking about you know racism and uh, especially protecting black children is this idea that you know people just because someone isn't doing it consciously then it's okay and um you know there's so much damage that's being done because people aren't aware of their biases and it's just we need to move beyond that we need to go beyond that and just you know when you have when you're faced with the facts you can't back away from that when you're faced with the, the that video and 
all you want to do is make excuses about the reasons why nobody helped the little black girl. It's a problem. You're a problem. That attitude, that excuse making is a problem that can no longer be indulged. It's racism. It's racism. It's racism. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.